Welcome to Ride On Radio. My name is Jeff. I am the host of the show. The tagline of the show is live right in the real world. And in this show, we'll show you some of the things both visible and invisible. And you decide what is the right way to live. I think I've got a good one for you today. Um, I'm taking a little bit easier. I'm letting some other people do some of the heavy lifting here. I'm going to be playing a couple videos, and uh, the one of the videos is about 10 minutes long, and honestly, I think it's the best video I've seen in uh, quite some time. Uh, it's just really, really well done, and I think it's going to be really informative, and it's somewhat entertaining in its presentation as well. I do think that you are going to enjoy that. And, you know, the, the title of this was, uh, or at least on the thumbnail, you know, why did God do it? Why did he make a list? And so many times, you know, when I've been perusing, particularly the Old Testament, you see the lineages and stuff like that, and you kind of just kind of blow by it. But it's there for a reason. And, of course, the reason gets deeper and deeper the more you look into these things. And I wanted to just start out with uh, something most of you have probably heard this by now, uh, but I just want to put it up on the screen. In Genesis 5, it goes through the lineage, um, you know, up to Noah, for instance. So in Hebrew, uh, it's Adam, Seth, Enosh, Kenan, uh, Mahalel, Jared, Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, and Noah. But then, when you find out the meaning of their names, <coughs> excuse me, and you read them out in order, it's like there's a master plan <laughs> behind all of this. So, Adam means man. And actually, let me just start off. This is from Genesis 5. And it says, this is the book of the generations of Adam. And on that day that when God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. He created them male and female, and he blessed them, and he named them mankind. On that day, they were created. So Adam is man. He's the first man. Seth means appointed. Enosh means mortal. Kenan means sorrow. There's a story behind each one of these names. Just to save time, I'm not going to go into it uh, because some of you would know this. Uh, Mahalel means the blessed God. Jared means shall come down. Enoch means teaching. Uh, Methuselah, his death shall bring. Lamech, the despairing. And Noah, rest or comfort. So when you look at the names in the order of that that goes to Noah, it reads as following, just by reading the definition of their names, the meaning of their names. Man, appointed, mortal, sorrow, the blessed God, shall come down, teaching, his death shall bring, the despairing, rest or comfort. It's interesting the very end of that. 
Actually, let me just go through it really quick. So man, of course, a new creation is appointed. He's mortal, um, especially after the fall of man. Sorrow, the blessed God, shall come down teaching. Jesus did come down, did some teaching. His death shall bring despairing because you either know him at the end of the day or rest or comfort if you do know him at the end of the day. And so we're going to be talking about some of the genealogies, and I'm not going to be going into the names. I'm not going to even be reading a lot of scripture or anything like that here today, but you're, there's going to be a great lesson, and I want you to stay, stick by because I think that you'll like where this is going. Um, but first, if you'll just grant me a little liberty, I don't do this sort of thing very often, but I was moved by something, um, well, I guess it started off uh, Friday of last week, and there's been some back and forth in email, and I just want to read an email that was sent to me, and it really moved me, uh, particularly because I know uh, who this person is, and, and you do as well. If you've been with Right On Radio for a while, you remember a lot of the, I used to do... Um, chats like voice chats on telegram with some regularity and there was a person who was on there uh, quite a bit his uh, name on telegram was barnabas uh, but he runs an orphanage in the philippines where they take care of uh, a lot of babies and, and things like that and i got this note from him and i want to read it to you because as i said it, it was moving for me. I, and I'm going to leave out a couple words that just, uh, like his last name. So, but his first name is Keith. Says, hey, Jeff, this is Keith uh, with the orphanage in the Philippines. Just got news today that one of our caregivers has stage two cervical cancer. We have 24 live-in caregivers. I am writing to you, see if you could speak up for us to help this young lady. I have had so many friends die of cancer, I would like to put her on the mushrooms, but really do not have the funds to get the mushrooms. If you could help, brother, it would be great encouragement to all of our workers, and especially to Gina. Let me know if you can help us, brother. And so I was really moved by that because, you know, I, I know that he runs this uh, orphanage on a thin budget and, and they've never asked for money and he's still not asking for it for the orphanage. But it, so I, I wrote him back and I asked a couple questions and then he wrote this back to me uh, asking if you could put Gina on your prayer support for ROR. So prayer team, please, uh, Gina. And if you could also help with the mushrooms, I know you have a relationship with the founder. So that, that's, I, I've talked to one of the founders, but I, I couldn't really. And he says that if you, if you could ask him for, to help support the cause, um, most people who really come into this um, are needing it. So they would be giving away all their product for free. So I didn't feel at liberty to ask uh them corporately for help, although they, they did help, and I'm, I'll explain how in a minute. Uh, we Agape Impact Ministries currently have 23 live-in caregivers as each time we take in a baby, 
we hire a caregiver to act as the mother of that child until we are able to adopt or place them into a safe and loving home. And just think about the excellency in which they operate. Excellent. Each kid gets a dedicated, you know, stand in that, that nurturing, that holding those things that are so important to the foundation of a child. Like that, this is a blessed ministry. Um, Gina was not even telling us of her situation. She loves the Lord and is an amazing caregiver to our all of our children. We currently have 18 babies, toddlers, and a brief history of Gina's medical situation. In 2020, she had ovarian cyst, uh, size like warts, and multiplying. They couldn't afford surgery, so she underwent six months of prescription and herbal medication instead. She has only been working for us for the past six months. And after her medication, she went to see her doctor and he later cleared her of the cysts. She did not go back to see the doctor because she felt fine and thought everything was okay. He had suggested she have surgery, but she could not afford it. Just last month, she began having symptoms like migraine, bleeding, unusual discharge. She was so afraid and alarmed. So she went to see the doctor again. She couldn't believe the first diagnosis, so she went for another opinion. She was told the same thing. She underwent, I believe, an ultrasound and a few other tests. Currently, she's on her last day of the seven-day treatment medication and will undergo uh, another test. She is currently diagnosed with cervical cancer, whereas before she only had ovarian cyst. There are eight siblings in her family, and as it is normal, she is a major provider for her family. The average pay for our workers is a little over $200 per month. This late, late, latest diagnosis has really hit her hard, but she shared that the Lord is teaching her to always trust him. We have a ladies Bible study, and during the last week, she opened up and shared everything she was going through. She could really use your prayers for her healing and encouragement. I'm attaching a photo of her and one of the babies she cares for. We are not doing this to help in any way to raise support for the orphanage. God has been our provider. And he will continue to make a way for his precious children. We take in kids from trafficked, abused, neglected, and orphaned families. The story you've been able to share in the trafficked world are so real. The youngest trafficked child we have taken in was four months old, and she was terrified of any man that walked into the room. She has healed all of her trauma and is about to be placed in her new adoptive, loving, safe home this coming month. We ask our caregivers to pray every day over the children God has given them. Gina is one of those precious caregivers' moms God has graciously given us. I've seen so many of our friends die of cancer, and I will do everything I can to see Gina healed. 
Only believe and you will see the glory of God. I love you, Jeff. I know you have a pure heart. May God continue to use you to encourage you to equip the body of Christ for such a time as this. And then um, he goes on to say, I have a missionary friend of ours uh, that is traveling back to the Philippines on December 4th. If we could get the mushrooms to him, I had replied and said, look, I'm going to help. Um, if we can get them, it will save us shipping it to the Philippines, which could take another month or something. You never know. And so I told him we, we're, we had it done. And uh, he just says, you're a blessing, brother. And he quotes the scripture. When you did this, when you did it to one of the least of these, you did it under me. And it's beautiful to see the body supplying all the needs. May God continue to bless the work of your hands as you serve him. Come, Lord Jesus. Sorry, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to, I, I do have a picture of her, and I, I didn't want to show her face, but she's a beautiful young uh, Filipino lady with a large family. And uh, because of the time constraint and because we could save money on shipping, I uh, I pulled the trigger. And listen, normally if someone asks me for help and I'm able to, I, I, I don't come to you because I, I like to just give an offering on my own. But to give enough to really make a difference, I felt we needed a three-month supply of these. And that's taking 10 tablets um, a day. So it's, it's quite a bit. And when I called... Um, my contacts at, uh, at pet club, they, uh, first of all, they, they were willing to, they jumped through hoops to get, you know, take care of, make sure it got express shipping and it's, it's on its way, uh, should be in their hands in, uh, in Northern California. It's about five hours away. Um, so they're, they're shipping it. Um, they offered me a package where, Essentially, you get about four or five bottles for free. And because I promote the product, there's a, a check that'll come to me for about $50, but that should really just cover the tax. So, you know, it's about $500 to $550 uh, US that uh, I put out for this. And uh, I'm willing to do it. The Lord will provide. But if you want to uh, be a part of this, um, it would take a burden off me because quite honestly, it's it's pretty hard for me to put out that kind of money right now on my own. Um, can the Lord make it up? Absolutely. And, and honestly, I would have rather just done this in private um, because I trust the blessing of the Lord. But Right now it's the end of the month and I'm and I'm looking at numbers and uh if you would be able to if you wanted to contribute, it's not a lot of money uh between a bunch of people, but uh if you could send me a PayPal, uh if you want to, you know, if it if you're if it's on your heart and just you know when it's it says is it a gift or whatever, you could just put it in 
another, if you could just put in, you know, uh, gift Gina or just, yeah, G, just put Gina in there, gift for Gina. And if there's, I, I, there's no way of me saying, okay, stop on time. If I get, get to a certain, if, if it does go over, I promise you, I will put a little bit of a side reserve and I'll bless others as need comes up. Um, without having to come on air. Um, but, but PayPal would be the best way to do that. Uh, just put gift Gina there. And I'll certainly report exactly how much came in. And uh, I, I'll even do a screenshot uh, to prove, you know, whatever number. And then I'll put it aside. I want to have 100% transparency. So, so my PayPal link is in the description if you are so inclined and i apologize for taking so much time but it's listen people are important and this is the work of god and, and honestly i i have a high degree of confidence in the mushrooms i have a high degree of confidence in the lord it's one thing to pray but sometimes you need to take action along with prayer you know god put certain things on this earth and uh well, enough said about that. Hey, I want to get to this video. I've been sitting on this video for a couple weeks now. Obviously, I was busy with other things, uh, but it's just really well done. I'm going to play this. It's, it's 10 minutes long, and then I'm going to come in and uh, I'll set up a second video I'm going to play, which is only five minutes long. And I'm playing that one for a much different reason. Um, Yeah, and, and, you know, before I close, I just want to give some current news as well. So hang on to the end. I'm not going to do any more commercials or anything like that. Stay till the end if you could. Uh, I'm going to put up this video. Uh, I found this. I, I just started following the person, but I, I guess it just came up on my feed on Twitter. Uh, the person who posted it, and I suppose that he is the person who created the video. Uh, the name is... Sir Escanor, so S-I-R-E-S-C-A-N-O-R. I just want to give credit where credit is due, whether he created it or just shared it. Um, that is where I got it. Let me put up this video, and I'll see you in about 10 minutes. Uh, and, oh, actually, let me just set it up here a little bit more. Uh, it's going to... I haven't gone through and double-checked everything that this person is claiming, okay? I want to be clear about that. But what I have checked out seems to line up. And, uh, and he just puts it in such a concise manner. So he answers the questions or explores the questions. Are the Jews God's chosen people? Uh, is the Jewish homeland Israel? Do the Jews believe in the Old Testament? And the Old Testament is about Jews. And before any of you think that I'm Jew bashing, I'm not. I think there's a lot of people who have been told all their lives that they're Jewish and they might not be. And there's some people who don't think that they're Jews that might be Jews. I think God is for all people doesn't matter your race, where you're born, what language you speak. 
God desires all to be saved. But it's time we start looking at some of these things. Because, let's face it, right now, uh, the land of Israel is kind of the center of the universe. Could be the tipping point for the next world war. It certainly seems like it's going to be the place where the temple goes back up and the abomination of desolation happens. So, you know, we really got to keep our eyes focused on that region. Anyways, without further ado, here's the video. It's a pretty known fact that the Jews are God's chosen people, that the Jewish homeland is Israel, that the Jews believe in the Old Testament, and that the Old Testament is about Jews. However, almost none of these facts are true. Nowhere in the Bible does it call the Jews God's chosen people. Modern day Israel isn't really the homeland of the Jews. The Jews don't really believe in the Old Testament, and only maybe 5% of the people in the Old Testament can even be considered Jewish. So now that you've branded me an anti-Semite, we can begin. So, the expression anti-Semite literally means against Shem, or his descendants. However, being anti-Jewish isn't the same as being anti-Semitic, so let me explain. The Semites are the descendants of a man named Shem, who would father some of the world's most renowned empires and dynasties, such as the Assyrian and Babylonian empires, and even the Persians can call themselves the Semites. So, why is it when you say something against the Jews, you are considered anti-Semitic? Because... Because just like stealing your religion, your homes, your money and businesses, some Jews also love stealing names, inheritance, and land. So Shem is the son of Noah, the guy who built the ark when Mesopotamia flooded. The Sumerian kingdom would be destroyed by the flood, and the Semites would descend from the Caucasian mountains and establish the Akkadian Empire. Shem would have children, and one of his descendants would be named Eber. He would be the father of the Hebrew people, and the Semites would be called by his name. Eber... This line would eventually give birth to a man named Abram or a Jew named Abraham, except Abraham has never been a Jew, nor will he ever be a Jew, and to call Abraham one is just plain ignorant, so let's go through it. So, according to the Bible, Abraham was a Hebrew and not a Jew, who God promised would be the father of many nations, not one single Jewish nation, but many nations, and that through him all the families of the world would be blessed. Abraham would pass this blessing passing on to his younger son Isaac and not his eldest son Ishmael. Isaac would have twin sons named Esa and Jacob. Again, the Abrahamic blessing would be passed down to the younger brother Jacob, who would then be renamed to Israel. Israel would then have 12 sons. His sons would each become their own tribes and eventually become their own nations. One of his sons would be named Judah, who would be the father of the Jewish people, and all Jews are related to him. Even though all Jews are Israelites, majority of Israelites are not Jews. Obviously, Israel would have to pass the Abrahamic blessing to Judah in order for them to be the chosen people. Israel would want his favorite son, Joseph, to inherit the Abrahamic blessing. However, Judah, the father of the Jews, would be jealous and conspire with his brothers to have Joseph killed. In the end, Judah sold Joseph into slavery for silver, much like Judah sold Jesus to the Jews. So, the Bible portrays Judah as a jealous villain and Joseph as the chosen son. While in slavery, Joseph would rise to become the Prime Minister of Egypt and father two sons named Ephraim and Manasseh. 
In the end, Israel would adopt Joseph's sons and pass the Abrahamic blessing on to them, making them the chosen people and dividing Joseph into two tribes, making 13 tribes of Israel. As for the father of the Jews, his two eldest sons would die and Judah would end up bowing down to Joseph. So now that you understand that the Jews were never intended to bless the world, nor were they ever considered the chosen people, we can move on to our second point. So is the Jewish homeland Israel? And the answer is yes and not at all. Israel was originally called the land of Canaan, named after Noah's grandson, Canaan. The land of Canaan was conquered by the Israelites after they left Egypt with Moses, found in the book of Exodus. The Bible says God commanded the Israelites to punish the Canaanites for their sexual immorality, which led to child sacrifice, which would eventually lead to cannibalism. The word cannibal actually comes from the words Canaan and the god Baal. Baal was the god of Canaan, and the priests were known for eating the children after they were sacrificed to him, hence why we call them canny balls. So now that you understand what kind of people were living in Canaan, try not to feel so bad when you read that God ordered us to exterminate them. The borders of the Jewish homeland were established by Joshua, who was one of the descendants of Joseph and not from Judah. So if we were to restore the Jews to their original land, according to the Bible, the Jewish homeland would look less like this and more like that. So, like the story of Joseph and Judah, their children likewise wouldn't get along either. After becoming nations, there would be a civil war. The Jews would rule the southern kingdom of Judea, while Joseph's sons would rule the northern kingdom, keeping the name Israel. They would have different religions, believe in different gods, and while Judah stayed in Judea, Joseph would ally himself with the Phoenicians and establish colonies and trade posts all over the Mediterranean. The kingdom of Israel would be corrupted by foreign ideologies, and like the Canaanites would fall into materialism, sexual morality, and child sacrifice, which would lead to them being conquered by the Assyrian Empire. Some of the Israelites would be taken into captivity into the lands of Assyria and Midia, while some of the Israelites and Phoenicians would flee to their colonies and trade posts, fulfilling the promise made to Abraham that the world would be blessed through him, as he would be the father of many nations. So the sons of Joseph would become fruitful and multiply among the nations, forgetting who they are, which shouldn't surprise us considering their names literally mean fruitful and forgetful. Just like the Northern Kingdom, the Jews would fall into sexual immorality and start sacrificing their children. They would be conquered and enslaved by the Babylonians, then freed and re-established by the Persians, conquered again by the Greeks, and later occupied by the Romans. While under Roman rule, the Jews would launch the greatest revolution in Roman history, known as the Great Revolt, which would fail, causing Judea, Jerusalem, and the Jewish Temple to be destroyed, ironically fulfilling everything Jesus and the Christians said would happen. The Jews, not being satisfied with losing their temple and homeland, would stab the Romans in the back by launching two more rebellions, killing over half a million Greeks and Romans. God would bless the chosen people with two more humiliating defeats, along with a banishment from the land, causing Judea to be renamed to Syria-Palestinia. So, the reason the Jews have been able to take Palestine really rests on the fact that they've stolen the name Israel and have convinced the Christian West that they are the chosen people and that they alone are Israel. But once putting things into perspective, we see that just isn't true. Which brings us to our third point. Do the Jews believe in the Old Testament? The answer is kind of and not really. 
While waving around the Old Testament as if they believe in it, the Jews actually have secondary books that they consider just as important, the main book being called the Talmud. To explain the Talmud, we have to understand some basic Jewish Roman history, going back to Emperor Claudius, who, like Emperor Tiberius, tried to ban the Jews from Rome after branding them aggressive troublemakers. Sadly, Emperor Claudius didn't understand how to play the Game of Thrones and ended up mysteriously being killed. His successor, Emperor Nero, would lift the Jewish band, which shouldn't surprise us considering the Talmud says he was a Jewish convert. Nero and his Jews would engage in some of the most barbaric acts known to man. Just to give you an idea of how crazy this pro-Jewish Roman emperor was, Nero burned down Rome and blamed it on the Christians, causing them to be tortured and killed in the worst ways imaginable. He murdered his entire family, then kicked his pregnant wife and unborn child to death, and then castrated a young boy named Sporus and forced him to dress like the wife who he had just murdered. With the coming of Jesus, the Jews would divide into two main groups, those who believed that Jesus is the Messiah, while the other group of Jews rejected this claim, believing that their Messiah would come wielding a sword to destroy the Romans and set up a Jewish empire, which is what led the Jews to revolt against Rome in the first place. That, and they just didn't want to pay taxes. After their failed rebellions, the Jews would retreat to Babylon, creating the religion we know today as Judaism, making Christianity older by about 200 years. The Jews would argue and say that the Talmud is the oral law that was passed down orally without any mistakes since the time of Moses, before finally being written down between 200 and 400 years after Jesus. This would place the Jews in first place above the Muslims for the longest, most successful game of broken telephone ever played. The Talmud speaks of its love for Christians by calling the mother of Jesus a whore and calling Jesus a bastard sorcerer who is in hell boiling in human shit. Which brings us to our last point. Is the Old Testament about Jews? The answer is no, not really. Because the Jews have stolen the name Israel, you would never guess that the majority of the people in the Bible are not Jewish. The Apostle Paul, for instance, even though everyone calls him a Jew, Paul quickly separates himself from the Jews and says, I am an Israelite of the tribe of Benjamin. The Bible also says that God sent Paul to preach among the Israelites. And funny enough, Paul's ministry wasn't in Judea, but he was sent to preach to the Galatians in Asia Minor, the Greeks in Greece, and the Romans in Rome. The Bible is constantly separating the kingdom of Israel from the kingdom of Judah, as it is constantly separating Joseph from Judah. The entire Jewish deception and hijacking of the Bible depends on them stealing the terms Semites, Hebrews, and Israelites. For example, Moses, the man who wrote the first five books, known as the Torah, did not come from the tribe of Judah, nor was he part of the kingdom of Judea, yet somehow he is a Jew. The reality here is the majority of the people in the Old Testament are not Jewish. The Bible is a book that tells the history of many nations and peoples, like the Semites, Hebrews, Israelites, Egyptians, Phoenicians, Babylonians, Assyrians, Armenians, Persian, Greeks, Romans, and many others. It's not only about Jews. Wasn't that video done really well? I've watched it multiple times now. Uh, it's just really packed with information and presented in a very succinct way. And 
You know, it, it, one thing we've really discovered uh, recently is that they have stolen the name Israel. And they hold up, you know, the Torah, like the, the, they worship the same God as I, and I'm talking about um, the religion of Judaism, which has nothing to do with God. They are the ones who reject God. It's a very definition of the synagogue of Satan. And, you know, they, they brought in America uh, into the whole fold by holding up the, the Torah and saying, we have the same God. We just disagree on the Messiah. You know, their Messiah is going to come stand in the temple. Uh, he's going to do exactly what they thought he would do. They missed the boat. They missed Jesus. Pray for them. And I think the Lord has a special plan for them. Well, I know that according to scripture. So, uh, but not all are going to make it, folks. Just, you know, don't, they're not the chosen people. All of Israel will be saved. Well, how do you become? I apologize, folks. I apologize. I'm having some real trouble here with the internet. I pray that it is getting better here now. Um, I don't know if you caught all my last comments, but I'll just trust the Holy Spirit to minister to you. <laughs> uh, look, I got one last video here, uh, and this isn't a source that I would normally uh, go to. But it brings things into the modern times and, you know, there's a little bit of Q stuff in it, you know, saving Israel for last. But there's some particular comments that are made in this video, almost in passing. And it's something I've wanted to address for a long time, just to go on the record uh, about a couple things. So it's about five minutes. Again, I think it's very well done uh, for the most part. And uh, we're going to have some discussion points from it. So without further ado, um, yeah, this is not, uh, I forget who I picked it up from. It's been shared all over, I think, but 
not normally one of my go-to sources. Anyways, enjoy this uh, very short film. So now for Israel, which we're saving for last, 514 means several things. If we remember, Yahweh exiled the Canaanites from Israel because of their child sacrifice and pagan idolatry of Moloch. They became the wanderers and eventually the Khazarian mafia that would rule our world. In 1917, the Rothschilds, leaders of the synagogue of Satan, purchased Palestine from the English via the Balfour Declaration, which neither party had the right to buy or to sell. Palestine belonged to its rightful heir, the Palestinians, who are the biblical Hebrews, the true Israelites. So much indoctrination has led us to believe that the Palestinians were the occupiers and that the Ashkenazi Jews, descendants of Cain and the Khazars, had been displaced and therefore entitled to return to their homeland. This is the biggest political propaganda scam that the Rothschilds, with the aid of Zionist author Theodore Herzl, have perpetuated. But let's think about it. What greater vengeance than to take Israel back from God as revenge for their ancestors' expulsion? Imagine Satan on the throne of Jerusalem. The satanic Khazarian communists, including Trotsky, Stalin, and Lenin, spread godless communism throughout Russia, assassinated Tsar Nicholas II with his family, and led the most barbaric genocide against countless Jews and Gentiles the likes the world had ever seen. And frankly, much of the world still remains unaware. Over 60 million people were brutally killed within a 50-year period. And specifically, during 1915 through 1921, communist-sponsored pogroms were implemented in Russia and bordering Poland, displacing and murdering 6 million people. This aided the Rothschilds in their scheme to justify a Jewish homeland in the minds of the global psyche. British Rothschilds then orchestrated World War II to serve as the impetus for their Holocaust exodus to create the state of Israel for its victims, which we were told were approximately 6 million. Again, that 6 million number rises. Interestingly, historian David Irving is quoted as saying, there were no gas chambers at Auschwitz, and the Nazis did not kill millions of Jews in gas chambers in World War II. Hitler is also quoted as saying, the day mankind finds out what I was trying to defend this nation of Germany from, and that is the day World War III will start. For on that day, mankind will learn that I was trying to save my nation from the Freemasons, the Illuminati, and the Khazarian fake Jews. For if the Americans win the war, then they will conquer the world and forever be a slave to the Khazarians, who will then conquer God. In late 1947, the UN Assembly, General Assembly, adopted Resolution 181 to partition Palestine into Arab and Jewish states, with just 33 votes in favor. How ironic, 33. The Palestinians rejected the UN's partition plan as an obvious violation of Palestinian rights, and warned of the coming devastation. On March 10th, 1948, the Zionist paramilitary adopted Plan Bailet, 
which laid out a strategy of ethnic cleansing and eviction of 750,000 Palestinians, also known as the Nakba, a combination of massacres, raised homes, and theft of assets and land. 75 years ago, on May 14, 1948, Prime Minister David Ben-Gurion declared the creation of the State of Israel. Golda Meir, a male-to-female transsexual, who would become the fourth Prime Minister of Israel, became one of the signatories of Israel's Independence of Declaration. The Israeli radio station called Israeli conducted its first broadcast, and the U.S. granted Israel de facto rec recognition and gained independence from British administration. These events led to the first Palestinian-Israeli war and a massive refugee crisis. Today, Palestinians still live under apartheid, are killed on a daily basis. Schools and homes are raised at whim, and Palestinian children are still kidnapped for the trafficking of their organs by the Israelis. Zionist forces control 78% of Palestinian territory, with the rest divided into what are now the occupied West Bank and the Gaza Strip. The world seems to stand by and watch as the United States remains allies to the Israeli government, the Khazarian mob, the satanic cabal. The Israeli flag with the Star of David, with a stripe above it and a blue stripe below it, is not a biblical symbol, but one that represents Satan, ruling the heavens and the earth. But this is all about to change. Okay, so to give credit for that video, it said all the way through it, for those of you who are listening in uh, audio, uh, it said at Smile Love Gematria, and it also said the Sacred Blue Tent. Uh, so that is who created it. But And I think most of it w was done well, uh, probably done with good intent, but... There's this thing, you see, there's a lot of the truthers, or the people that, you know, maybe you used to listen to or whatever are coming out and saying, oh, the Masons are actually the good guys now and stuff like that. Um, that's starting to become a thing. But in this video, you know, they, they purposely put in that, you know, Adolf Hitler was actually fighting off the cabal. Um, look, I, I wasn't there. I don't know. Um, it seems pretty evident he was a Satanist. Perhaps it was, you know, a battle for position. He wanted to be on top of them. I don't know the answer, but to say that he was a good guy fighting the Gabal is something. And, and it's more and more people are saying stuff like this. Folks, there's a there's a another influencer out there that's connected. These all these people are connected. You know, that used to start off. I might even do a show on this person, this him, one of these days, because he started off reading Bible verses, you know, at the beginning of a show. And now he's just bluntly praising Lucifer and doing witchcraft, but making it seem Christian to do it. Um, and his following has grown. Might have to call them out. They're all connected, folks. They're all connected. So I wanted to make those points about that. But, you know, we're, 
learning things. And I guess if there's one real main point of this show is God put everything in the Bible that we need. And certain things that we just passed by, like the genealogies and things like that. Why did God do it? He did it for a reason. So we can know who is who in this crazy world that's run like a zoo. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, God bless each and every one of you. Saturday night, we have our prayer at 8 p.m. on Telegram. All are welcome. Uh, that's 8 p.m. Eastern. And join me back here Sunday uh, for Bible study as we continue on in the book of Matthew. It's starting to get really good, folks. I, I'm so excited for this. Uh, but just a little bit of fair warning, if I don't put out an official statement, I'm going to need to take a little bit of time off uh, sometime in the future. Perhaps I'll just do it between Christmas and New Year's or something like that. But I, uh, I'm going to need to give it a, a bit of a rest. There's just so much going on right now that it's hard to, uh, to take that time. And on a closing note, uh, if you haven't got the news yet, uh, Kissinger died yesterday at 100 years old. He died in the year of Skull and Bones, 2023. <laughs> and what's really interesting is there's a lot of, there's some guys I like, like Stephen Miller, for instance, on the Trump team, right? Uh, I've always really liked this guy, but you start to see where people are at. Because now, you know, he's one of the people who put out I'm back, apparently. Listen, uh, I guess <laughs> the Wi-Fi gods uh, don't like this uh, stuff going out, I suppose. <laughs> Anyways, God bless each and every one of you. Have a great weekend. Uh, oh, I might do a pod bean in the morning if you're watching this. I probably will. Uh, 9 a.m. Eastern time as well. So uh, God bless each and every one of you. Uh, remember to love your God. Love your family, love your neighbor as yourself, and make a difference in your community, perhaps by helping Gina. God bless.